Welcome to That Anthro Podcast, the podcast dedicated to anthropology. Together, each week, we will be learning from the experts and researchers that are researching our pasts and today's problems. My name is Gabriella Campbell, and I'll be interviewing a new guest each week to bring to you the latest and greatest in anthropology, based right here out of Santa Barbara. Join me for weekly episodes, whether you're an anthropology buff or looking to learn something new. Welcome to That Anthro Podcast. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of That Anthro Podcast. Happy Wednesday, if you're listening on Wednesday. Um, I'll be transparent, so I'm actually recording this uh, Wednesday morning because I blinked and suddenly it was Wednesday. But, you know, I, I definitely had a really, really enjoyable, productive week, so that's the good news on that. Um, well, welcome back. Thank you, as always, for joining. I am, I feel guilty if I skip a week, so I kind of just wanted to do, like, a quick catch-up now. It'll definitely be shorter episode. I'm imagining it'll probably be around 20 minutes, but I think it's always fun to hear from the host. I know actually my absolute all-time favorite podcast episodes are always just like a casual chit chat update with the host for example like armchair expert if they did an episode with just dax and monica like it i would listen to it on repeat and never stop um so like their fact checks are always my favorite part because they're just like chatting being their little normal selves so I guess I'd probably be more entertaining if I had a co-host to like bounce off of. That was why like that one time I brought Noah Hayes in to interview me is because honestly, sometimes when it's just me talking into the microphone, I don't have like a ton of inspiration. I'm definitely someone that requires like someone else to like bounce off energies. But today we're just going to talk about what's going on with me. Um... Uh, I'm just going to start with that last week. I gave a talk at my former elementary middle school. So it's actually a K through 8 school in Montecito, California. It's called Crane Country Day School. And I went there from the 5th to the 8th grade. And um, I have been so lucky that they keep in contact with all of their alumni and really offer opportunities to those that want them. So even like the sweetest thing, uh, we have uh, this woman who is who I've been in contact with. Her name is Debbie Williams. She's the coordinator for Crane. She does all of the, um, I don't know exactly like what her job description is. But she coordinates with alumni. She creates all the events. She's incredible. She does so much for the school. So they, even like my first quarter in college after finals, she made these like blondie brownie cookie bars. Like they're not blondies and they're not brownies and they're not cookies. They're they're all three kind of in one. And they were definitely like a crane favorite. Like anytime there'd be a bake sale, she'd always make them. And for our first quarter of college and I guess for some people's semester she literally sends all of the alumni cookies in the mail these cookie brownie things do you know how happy I was after my first finals of college to open my college mailbox and find that yes my college mailbox they emailed your parents and got your dorm address to send them to you reasons why I love crane so really crane 
is foundational to who I am as a person. I have nothing but incredible things to say about my time there. It is a private school. I was lucky enough to be on a scholarship to go there. That's where I learned Spanish. You know, while I am not necessarily fluent anymore, I definitely still very much understand Spanish. Back in high school, I passed the AP test. So at one point, I was fluent. Um, sadly, it has trickled off a little bit. But Crane is really where that where community values were instilled in me. And I'm really thankful for that. So total tangent. But I was invited back for the second time, actually, to speak about anthropology to the students. Now, this particular presentation, I was told it would mostly be kindergarten through fifth grade students. So I made sure to create a talk that was kind of targeted at that audience. It went so well. I talked about what anthropology is, what kind of jobs students could have in anthropology, who can become anthropologists. The answer is everyone. And actually, I got to use this really good resource that was recommended to me by American, um, the American Anthropological Association, the AAA, which I partner with, which is called Anthro Illustrated. And it is this website. Um, I'm not quite sure who runs it that creates... Um, how do I describe it? Graphic images, not graphic as in like violent, graphic as in like um, animated, but they're not like a cartoon animation, more just like, <laughs> how do I describe this? A graphic illustration, but I don't mean graphic as in violent, um, of people of different skin colors, of different ability levels. For example, they have, um, for example, like people working in labs in wheelchairs. They have pictures of women in hijabs um, lecturing to classes. They have pictures of um, black scholars in the field with their natural hair. Um, they have all of these incredible images that just really represent the actual diversity of anthropology, which is so wonderful, especially for me in wanting to present to a diverse audience of students. Crane is a very diverse, diverse um, school, and they really, really um, love that about their identity. They celebrate diversity. So it was really important to me to have my slide where I talked about who can be an anthropologist and where do anthropologists work to be a compilation of all of these images. For example, I tried to have um, the most representation possible. So I used an, um, an image of an Asian man, um, a woman in a hijab teaching, um, uh, black scholars in the field, people with dyed hair in the lab. Uh, like I mentioned, the one image is of a um, black scholar in a wheelchair in the lab. Again, just fully representing all of the wonderful um, members of our field. However, I did run into one thing because when we talk about skeletons, we talk about biological sex. And so part of my presentation was teaching these students what you can learn from skeletal remains. Now, Again, my audience was kindergarten through fifth graders. There were some parents there and there were some teachers there, but I did want to primarily target it at them. So I tried not to use any language that would confuse them. 
And one of those things was biological sex. Normally, when I'm giving a presentation about how we determine whether remains are male, female, or inconclusive, I always can include inconclusive because we know that a lot of times those inconclusive skeletons could potentially have alternative gender identities. That's definitely a part of research. But then what I would normally say in a talk if I was giving it to, say, students is say biological sex is not gender and we do not determine gender from skeletal remains. Well, I ran into this issue where I said if I say biological sex to children under 10, they are not going to know what I mean. So I, I, I struggled with it so much because I was like, I'm just going to have to say because I really realized that it would be an issue about the day of the presentation that children wouldn't grasp um, me saying biological sex and that I would have to say male and female so that they could understand. I just kept thinking, what if there is a little non-binary kid or trans kid listening to this? And I just told them that, like, there's only male and female skeletons. So honestly, listeners, if you have a way that you think is best to communicate how biological sex and gender are different for children, please let me know because I would love to incorporate that into my next presentation. I have every intention of continuing to give talks to children, again, of differing levels. And if this had been children like five years older, I think I could have communicated that gender does not equate to biological sex. So if any of the foundations, especially like non-binary people, I would be so appreciative because it killed me. I couldn't think of any other way to talk about it. And I just was like, wow, you really let down any gender non-conforming student that was in this presentation. So transparency, I I feel like I failed in that. I feel like I failed. And the same way I feel like I fail when I misgender someone, you know, I misgendered someone in my class the other day because honestly, I was on my phone and they had their hand raised and um, the teacher didn't notice. So I said, oh, blank has their hand raised. But I said um, the male pronoun instead of they. And truly, it just made me feel so horrible. I apologized. I told them I will, I will do better next time. But I don't, it's just, I feel like I'm failing people when I do that. And I don't want to feel that way. I want to respect people's gender identities. So my crane presentation went extremely well. I'm so thankful to them for continuing to instill trust in me to show like pictures of human remains that can be a really touchy subject. And I got to show the children my favorite image ever, which is your adult teeth coming in um, when your baby teeth are still there. I think, you know, they're at the age where they're losing teeth. So that was so much fun. But like I said, if anyone has any suggestions for how to explain biological sex and gender to children, please email me or DM me. I would be so thankful. All right. Next up on the docket is grad school. Um, So I know everyone's been hearing me ramble on about applying to grad school for the last probably like nine months now. All my applications are in. I will know shortly and uh, I can't wait to share it with you guys. Um, Also, I will say that if you, if I don't get into grad school, if anyone else is in the 
position where they've submitted applications and they come back and you don't get it anywhere, just remember there are other options. For example, I have plenty of options um, that I have thought of if I don't get into grad school. So just remember that a denial or an acceptance does not make you. Um, you make you and you make your path and you make your future and there's always the next application season. So that's that on that. And I will very gracefully accept if I do not get into grad and I will very gracefully accept if I don't get into any grad programs and I hope you can do the same. Um, on that note, I will be doing probably like in the spring or summer just because I want to collect info. I don't want it to just be my experiences. I'm going to do a how to apply to grad school episode. Um, again, I don't know everything. I learned a lot during this process, so I will, of course, share my experiences, but I want to contact um, professionals, professors that can also add to the episode so that it's not just one-sided from a student. Because, of course, I don't know everything. I'm not on the other side of the application, so I think it will be important to have that like dual um, perspective. Cool. I think that'll be fun. I know I have some listeners, um, some friends that will enjoy having like that uh, how to apply to grad school episode. Something else that I really want to do is um, an episode that will be geared towards college students. So as in like anyone uh, who's not a college student shouldn't listen to it because it'll kind of be embarrassing. Um, I got rejected from all of my top choices for undergrad and I would love to do an episode about it. I'd love to do an episode of called what do you do when you get rejected from your dream school and really just break it down and remind everyone like how it doesn't matter how you're better than that how it's probably like ultimately not the right fit but like maybe that's not a whole episode I don't know <laughs> um next topic on the docket is anthro day Yay! Now, Anthro Day is the World Anthropology Day, and um, the American Anthropological Association, the AAA, which I partner with, really do their best to make it a full event. They contact all their podcast partners to get them to do really fun things. For example, the Dirt Podcast, which I love so much. And I got their merch. So excited. It says, I dig pride. And it's like stratigraphical layers of dirt that are like the colors of the pride flag. Love it. They're doing a live show for Anthro Day. Um, super exciting. Make sure you join that. But I'm going to do my Anthro Day activity on February 13th. And the reason for that is because Anthro Day is on a Thursday, February 17th this year. And I know that if I host an event on Thursday when there are lots of other Anthro Day events going on, people might not be able to attend. And I'd like to do my best to make as most um, to make it available to the most people possible. So as of right now, it is definitely, definitely going to be on February 13th. And it is going to be a trivia game. So I was inspired by Tosh Archeo and uh, Dig It Raven. Those are their Instagram handles. I'll put them in the episode notes. Last year, they did a quote unquote Galentine's Day um, where they showed a movie. I believe it was um, the one that uh, the one that preceded the dig. I can't remember. Like, um, what's his name? Tom. 
The guy who plays Voldemort's in it. Sorry, that's all I have. Um, I didn't really enjoy the movie, but that doesn't matter because we were all talking the whole time and I got to meet all of these amazing archaeologists and anthropologists from Europe. I think someone from America as well. And it was just a really fun activity. But I was worried that if I hosted a Galentine's Day, it would deter gender non-conforming folks as well as any male males that want to participate. So I am going to have it be a trivia game, but I want it to be very relaxed. Here's the first thing. People could Google. Like it's going to be on Zoom. I have no way to deter people from Googling other than that it's lame and I'm going to tell people that cheating is lame and like just enjoy the game. But it's just going to be a really fun community-based bonding activity. We'll go around, we'll introduce ourselves, I'll have some maybe like discussion questions and or um, other games uh, planned so that it can just really be a bonding activity. I haven't decided on a time yet, but currently I'm thinking 11 a.m. Pacific time, so California time. This allows um, most of the people that have thus far um, contributed to in the poll on Instagram, it would accommodate their time zone. But I will be putting up other polls in Instagram to vote on what time works best for you. So make sure you're following the podcast Instagram if you want to go to trivia night, because I will do my darn best to make sure that you can be included and that the time is at a time that works for you. Of course, I cannot accommodate everyone's schedules, but I am going to do my very best. I'm really excited for it. There will be prizes. The first prize will be um, a signed copy of Brian Fagan's book, Fishing, as well as a podcast sticker, as in a That Anthro podcast sticker, um, the Dirt podcast sticker, and um, UCSD Anthropogeny Group is sending me a sticker as well. Second prize will be an Anthropodcast magnet sticker and two other really cute anthropology themed stickers that I got on Redbubble. So yeah, it's going to be super fun. Make sure you join again. Make sure you also check into the podcast social media so that you can vote and or talk to me about any questions you have or what kind of time zone you're in because really I would love to include as many people as possible. Um, Next item on the docket is Black History Month. So Black History Month starts February 1st, and um, I debated for a while trying to kind of do like a segment or have um, a guest on to speak on some, but you know, there's been a big scandal going on um, with my favorite gymnastics team involving some racial slurs and some some racism, (laughs) some racism. And it's really just reminded me, especially because I'm in this um, Black and Indigenous women of color class, to just acknowledge my privilege as a white woman and to make space uh, for Black voices. So, uh, and you know, people of color voices, not just Black voices. Um, So, you know, this Black History Month, as much as I would love to participate in the conversation, I think I'm really just going to take a step back, allow... um, the black scholars to do the talking on their ancestors and their history. Um, I will have per episode, like a recommendation of a black owned business potentially, or podcast um, that's doing really great work because I think that's, what's important during times like that is to amplify the voices of others. And again, I can acknowledge my privilege as a white woman and know that those um, struggles and stories, like they aren't mine to tell. 
So yeah, that's a little bit on Black History Month. Zora's Daughters podcast is always doing great work, ran by two incredibly um, talented and thoughtful women. I really would recommend you checking that out, but I think I've talked about it on the podcast before. So they also partner with the American Anthro Association and they're an incredibly popular podcast. So I'm probably not telling you any groundbreaking information to go listen to them. Um, but, you know, like I said, this whole incident with UCLA gymnastics has really, it's got me reflecting. It's gotten me want to, it's gotten gotten me to want to improve um, myself, really reflect on any microaggressions that I could be portraying, um, really policing uh, my use of language when singing songs, just really focusing on what I can do to be more supportive. So that's what I'll be doing during Black History Month. I'd encourage everyone to do the same, uh, really trying to educate yourself. I'm really doing the best that I can, as I think we all are. Up on the docket is reviving UCSB's Anthropology Club. So I had um, a, a junior transfer anthropology major at UCSB reach out to me. Her name is Audrey and ask why we don't have an anthropology club anymore. And I said, Audrey, you are brilliant. Um, I've completely forgotten. Uh, it's completely fallen to the back of my mind. I actually was really passionate about trying to revive it this summer, but then as everyone knows, I kind of just had too much else going on. So now that I don't have too much going on and I'm about to graduate, I thought what better time to revive the anthropology club than before I graduate so that future generations of anthropology students are set up to have community and support. So we're going to work on that. It by no means will be a hierarchical like me and Audrey are in charge of it. We are just simply going to try and rally a bunch of students to be a part of it. Um, we really want it to be a fun Invi um, inviting space that's non-hierarchical so there's no like president co-president like it's really just a club where people can build community within anthropology so yeah exciting and like I was saying you know I'm going to be graduating from UCSB soon it's um a lot <laughs> even just thinking about it I get really um awkward and jittery because it doesn't feel real for example, my friend Noah was just saying he's really feeling the senioritis burnout. I'm not because I haven't been able to accept that I'm actually graduating. And you would think, like, I've been applying to grad school, but I can't, <laughs> I can't believe it. Like, and I won't believe it until I'm walking across the stage uh, with my cap and gown. You know, I grew up in Santa Barbara. I have this really interesting relationship with what home is. I was born in Oregon and that's what I call my homeland. You know, my dad still lives there. I have the deepest connection to Oregon. I love it so much. But at the same time, I haven't lived there since I was seven. So it's my homeland, but we don't necessarily live in the same house that I grew up in. And so sometimes it can, when people ask me, where are you from? I have this like identity question of my, I was born in Oregon and then we moved to Santa Barbara and I lived in Santa Barbara until high school. So from age seven to high school. Um, and I loved it. 
But again, we moved around a lot. We lived in Goleta. We lived in Santa Barbara proper. We lived um, downtown. So while I have this connection to Santa Barbara, you know, now I live at UCSB. It is the closest thing. It's the place I've lived the longest. So now, you know, I went to high school in Ventura, California, which is about 30 miles south of Santa Barbara. But then I came back to UCSB for college. And that was not the plan. The plan was to go far, far away from California and go out of state. But when that didn't work, I really like focused on UCSB. And I feel like it was serendipity that I came back to Santa Barbara because I'm really getting to like enjoy what has been a community for me. Again, this is the place I've lived the longest, especially now going to college here. Um, I have a deep connection with it. So my goals before I graduate are to just further that connection. Um, There are these trees in Alameda Park that I used to climb as a little girl. We used to call them dragon trees. I have no idea what their actual species name is. And I thought, well, if I used to climb to the top of them as a little girl, like I bet I could still do it now. So actually, one of my goals is to go back to that park before I leave and try and climb one of the trees just because I remember loving climbing trees so much. It was actually an episode of Queer Eye that made me think of it because Anthony Porosky and the woman who runs Safe in Austin Rescue, if you listen to, I mean, if you watch Queer Eye, you definitely know what I'm talking about. Um, Anthony's like, oh, I've never climbed a tree. And she's like, oh, we have to climb a tree. So they climb a tree together and it's just like a very therapeutic experience. And I thought before I graduate, I should try and go climb that tree that I used to climb when I was a little girl. Um, I don't know where I was going with that. Other than that, I am uh, next week going to be picking my very last classes at UCSB. And I have to admit that I'm heartbroken. I'm not ready for it to be over. I'm not ready to graduate. Um. So yeah, I'm sad, but I'm trying to turn that sadness into a real appreciation for this place I've lived a long time before I leave it. And I think that's really all we can do is just try and appreciate the memories that we've had and make new memories elsewhere. So yeah, um, let's see. Hmm. The last thing that I want to chat about is the podcast schedule going forward. So next week, we will have a very special episode. It will kind of be a variation of my crane talk. I am going to create my first ever episode for kids. So it is going to be, again, it will probably be a shorter episode. Kids have shorter attention spans, maybe like 30 minutes. Um, Introducing anthropology to your children, to your nieces, to your nephews, to your cousins, to any children in your life, your students maybe, if you teach young students. I think that anthropology is a really important thing to learn about and I really want to put together an episode that you can share with the younger members, the younger listeners, and I'm really excited about it. Um, Children's speaking children's science communication is something I really want to pursue in the future. So that'll be next week's episode. And then we'll have our regularly scheduled programming of guests after that. But I do want to mention that after March 9th, so March 9th, there will be an episode on that Wednesday. The next two weeks, we will not have any episodes. And that is because it will be finals week and my spring break. And I want to enjoy them. So that's that on that. (laughs) And then 
Also, there will be um, April 13th. We will have an episode on that Wednesday, but we will not have one the next week because it is my birthday week. And again, I want to enjoy myself. Um, and of course, like I'm a full-time student. So I, it's like if I have my birthday week, right, uh, I'm going to obviously put push my homework off a little bit so that I can do it whatever on the weekend or when I'm not busy. I'm just not going to have time to do the podcast as well because I'm going to be, you know, celebrating my birthday. So that's fun. Um, I know I don't need to explain myself, but I feel the need to explain myself. So yeah, that's what we like to call anxiety. <laughs> but don't worry, there will be plenty, plenty, plenty of fun episodes to come. And I actually totally forgot to mention that the trivia will not just be um, isolated to the Zoom event. Um, I will be recording it and um, editing the audio to be an episode that launches on Anthro Day, February 17th. So yeah, that'll be fun for anyone that can't make it. You can play like trivia at home. Um, Yeah, that's kind of fun. And that's really about all I have to say today. Um, Thank you everyone for checking in. Thank you to those that reach out to me on social media. It means the world to me to hear from you, to learn who's listening to the podcast. I'm eternally thankful to all of my listeners and uh, yeah, have a great day.